0: Graham Codrington, he is a futurist. He's a partner at Tomorrow Today, and he joins us this evening to talk about the future from a COVID perspective, the the legacies of COVID, and I think we've seen throughout history, as I suggested earlier, Graham, that events like COVID and big disruptions like this do change the course of history.
1: They absolutely do, Uh, Bruce. And obviously, this is not the first time we've experienced a coronavirus. Uh, in, in world history. And I think we're all well aware now that we can go back 100 years and have a look at the 1918, 1919 uh, flu and then work our way through uh, probably another 10 uh, similar things, all all labeled <laughs> as we've learned not to label things. These now Hong Kong flu, Singapore flu, MERS, SARS and so on. Uh, I, I think if we were doing the 100 years over, we'd have different labels for that. But I think we're familiar with the fact that. Uh, We have these uh, viruses coming through every now and again, and they leave a legacy in their wake, no doubt. So what happens with COVID? What happens from
0: here? I mean, we go to 2022 thinking it can't be worse than 2021. That's what we felt at the end of 2020. Um, In the the short term, what, what what are the big issues that we face?
1: Well, you know, I think if we were having this conversation two weeks ago, we might have been slightly more optimistic that we were seeing the end of the tunnel. I think Omicron has reminded us, that uh, I, I think we're a while yet until the end of COVID. Uh, although I think they're hopeful signs that it, it might do what most uh, of these viruses do, which is to run themselves out within about uh, two and a half or three years. But we don't know, that's the point. And so probably the first major legacy is going to be a massive uptick in how companies think about risk because of uncertainty. And that's going to come from a lot of things. There are stressed supply chains uh, that are not going to just rebound. Uh, So, for example, Apple uh, have announced their latest range of goods, but you can't go into an Apple store in South Africa and buy them. You can't buy Apple goods anywhere in the world at the moment because the supply chain is uh, constrained all around the world. That's not a South African issue. It's a global issue. Add to that computer chip shortages, which are much more significant than most people realize and are going to have a knock-on effect in the first half of next year in many different industries. And then I think a third thing I'd add just to that list of things that are going to require us to be more adaptable is a massive shift in global labor issues. Uh, There are more people on strike in the United States right now than at any other time in in, in the United States history. We don't tend to read about it because there's so much else going on. Um, We've had our fair share of strikes in the last few months, and I think we'll have more next year as as labor issues uh, come to the fore. I think people have had this opportunity during COVID to sort of pause maybe reflect a little bit on working conditions. uh, And I think that that's going to spill over Uh, into next year not just uh, for labor but uh, I'm seeing more movement in the executive uh, group I I tend to do most of my work with senior execs I'm seeing more movement uh, there than I've ever seen in the last 20 years so I think uh, labor issues professionals and and uh, laborers alike uh, are going to be with us throughout next year. I remember having a conversation with David Blunkett, who
0: uh, was Tony Blair's home secretary. And uh, uh, I was saying to him, this was 2008 in the global financial crisis. It was early days. And as I said, so how does this thing play out? And he said, well, what's going to happen? it's over time, you will see people get fed up with uh, constitutional democracy. You will see people say, this doesn't work for me anymore. Uh, people will start uh, moving towards the right and you'll start seeing uh, the rise of neo-fascist parties across particularly Eastern Europe. And I-, I look at the last decade and a bit and I go, geez, David Blunkett, um, <laughs> that, was, uh, mm. that, 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 that was prescient in, the, in, in terms of commentary. Uh, and uh, it, the 2008 financial crisis was but a blip relative to, I think, what humanity is going through right now. So
1: longer term, what is the consequence of COVID? Well, we're in a fascinating time in in human history. I I think we've spent a century having two major political forces battling it out on the world stage, capitalism and communism. And neither have been implemented in their uh, pure forms, but both have failed. Uh, and possibly for the same reasons because they both have loopholes that allow the rich uh, to game the system for for their own purposes and and i think regardless of covid we were at this moment in history where we were we were looking for another option And I think that has now been accelerated. In fact, probably acceleration is the word uh, that I would use as a Bruce more than any other for what COVID has done. Uh, It's accelerated our shift towards Digitization. It's accelerated a shift towards more flexible working. I think all of those things were coming anyway. Um, But a political shift has now been accelerated. I think it's fascinating uh, at times at the moment. And I think South Africa is a remarkable place to be because I, I think if any country in the world is going to see a new system, political economic system emerging, uh, South Africa's got to be one of your candidates for a place to look uh, what, for what, what emergence.
0: makes emergence. I mean, what makes you think that, uh, Graham? I mean, we, we can't organize a party in even a great brewery on the best of <laughs> days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: what makes you think we can reorganize an entire economic system constructively? Because we right? have Yeah, because we have to. Um, uh, you know, I I think we are confronted like COVID did to us. We are confronted with a reality that can no longer, what's the American phrase? We can't kick the can down the road any further. Uh, We are where we are. The the riots earlier this year, uh, we can pause those and work out, you know, the exact causes, but I think they were, they were coming. Uh, because I think we've reached a point where we realize we can't keep going this way. And um, so you you then are at a point where you either just give up altogether, and that's not the South African way, uh, or you say, right, let's try something else. And that's where we are. <laughs> this last election is, is a case in point. <laughs> I think it's remarkable what has happened, that we have created coalition governments without coalition partners in our major metropoles and it's fascinating to watch it play out even this last week as uh, all the mayoral committees have been announced um, and and how these things are playing out this is new we haven't seen this before uh, in south africa and in my mind that's good signs i might not call it green shoots but good signs that we're in a place as a country where we're saying uh, maybe let's not keep doing it the way we've always done it But so many people are losing faith in the
0: future. So many people, especially after the July riots... I think everybody's got their breaking point and for many people it was Sharpeville and others it was Soweto uprising mm. and others it was P.W. Botha. Uh, for others it was the uncertainty of the transition for democracy. The others was a global financial crisis and Eskom running out of electricity. People just went, oh, forget this. Halfway through Jacob Zuma, some people just went, oh, we can't do this anymore. Um, and then uh, now, more recently, a lot of people just fed up with and, and really worried about the future uh, because the, the huge disparities that exist in our society are, are just so apparent uh, that nobody can pretend they're not there anymore. And and that's causing a great deal of disillusionment in the future. Uh, Dare you as a futurist look towards a South African social future uh, and dare you
1: prognosticate as to whether it's better, worse or indifferent? I think it's better. And I think it's better by far, Um, and uh, I'm not sure we've got the the time to unpack that simple sentence, but, uh, you know, if if you look at infrastructure, I'm pretty convinced that uh, the building that's been done uh, around uh, electricity infrastructure and power supply is going to bear fruit very, very soon. I, I think you had J.P. Luntman on your yeah. show last week saying something very, very similar. I, I hold his view entirely that our electricity supply uh, issue, while not easy to solve, uh, it can be solved quickly uh, and, the, if, and, if and we and the, ourselves. And, the the possibility of it becoming a catalyst. Now, he said something quite
0: remarkable, um, saying that it could be a catalyst in the same way as the discovery of gold, for example, was for South Africa for over a century. And I'm not sure that I agree that it's on the same sort of scale, but certainly it could be a, a, a catalyst for for growth uh, and for, for some new industries, certainly, uh, perhaps uh, maybe a, a kicker towards um, some
1: employment into the future. Well, you know, it's it's like a it, it it's like a, an artificial dam wall where you where you've got a, a river in flood and there's a tree or two that block it up and then and then suddenly that gets released and then the flood of water goes downstream. I, I'm not I'm not sure I'd be as bold as to say it's as as much a catalyst as finding gold, but it will certainly, if we solve the uh, electricity supply issue, unlock so many other other industries. Uh, we we're going to have a bounce back. So if we go back uh, to where we started with what happens after a pandemic is you you get a bounce back. Um, and these things work in seven-year cycles. I don't know why it's seven years, but that's what history tells us. And so it, it, we are at the bottom of that cycle. Everybody's feeling down. Everybody's feeling depressed. Um, and what happened 100 years ago after the 1918-1919 flu was was you had the roaring 20s and we we overcooked the economy and and, and then the cycle continued. But the, the initial response is, is the there's the sense of, of rushing back and optimism floods back. And, and you know, if, if, if you're wanting a, a simple response, that's where I think we'll go. Not necessarily in the first half of 2022, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if we were seeing major upticks in some very key industries from tourism and hospitality to uh, exports from, of our agriculture to uh, some innovations around uh, electricity and energy supply and solar and green energy, copper. Uh, 26 has unlocked massive funding for that uh, and we, we are, are right to take that. There's some amazing innovation uh, going on in the high-tech stuff. We, we, we've got Google and Amazon and others interested uh, in investing in the country, so there's high-tech investment as well. Uh, the list goes on and you look at where mm. the JSE na- is now after a, two years of pandemic and you just wonder where it might be uh, <laughs> when we start to emerge out of that. Absolutely, because people have take very binary views of the future. It's it's all going to be terrible, or it's all going to be wonderful.
0: Um, And it's uh, as you have been studying the future for as long as you have, uh, the future is never as simple as as a binary outcome. Um, It's certainly not all negative, and it's certainly not all positive. Often, it's uh, humanity making the very best of some fairly difficult circumstances, and often outcomes are, are better than we
1: anticipate. And that's where I come back, Bruce, to the South African part of this. Uh, I've traveled to over 100 countries and I've worked with people all around the world. There are very few people who have that South African spirit of just get on with it. Whatever cards you're dealt, that's your hand. Make the most of it. Uh, and and that's what we do. Uh, we make the most of whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. And I, I honestly, I, I look ahead at 2022, and it will be the choices that we make as individuals, as organizations, and as society that will define us. We, we, we're not swept uh, along by history. We make our choices and live with the consequence of, the cho- of those choices. And I have every confidence uh, in the South African spirit that uh, I think it was Winston Churchill who said about the Americans after the Second World War, but I think this applies to us. He said, they always do the right thing after they've done everything else. And uh, I think we've done everything else. And now we can get on and start the upward curve. Graham
0: Condrington, thank you very much indeed. The Futurist and Partner at Tomorrow Today.